Hey, welcome to another episode of No Ideas Original Sports. I'm here with Theo. I'm here with Reem. How you guys doing today? All is well. Doing pretty good. Hey, so unfortunately, we got to start off this week where we have some, some tragedy. This past week, we lost Seku Smith and John Cheney. Seku Smith, I remember him from his articles and, I mean, his time on NBA TV and John Cheney, I mean, all the stuff he did at Temple with the 741 wins and all of the players that came out of there going back from Aaron McKee. I actually have a friend that played played for him out there in Temple or whatever, and you got Mark Macon and all these guys from years ago. I mean... I mean, how'd you guys just see that listening and think of that whole thing this week? Take take those guys going away because it seems like COVID got got both of them. Yeah, it was kind of tough to see. Was uh was Eddie Jones there with with Cheney as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Right, but yeah, it was it was tough. Um, definitely tough news. So just rest in peace. Um, my condolences go out to their families. Yeah, he was a great coach, uh, great ambassador to the game. You know, uh, very well loved, strong, strong figure in the uh, college basketball community. Um, Twenty-four years, seventeen years in NCAA tournament, over five hundred wins. You know, he, he was he was a what you call an institution at Temple, so to speak. You know, and one reason why I guess I like Temple because of him. And um, he had great players, Mark Macon, Tim Curry. A few others over there he had, you know. But within the last five months, man, it's kind of tough losing him, John Thompson, and uh, Hank Aaron, man. It's tough. Yeah, the rest yeah of that's definitely a lot. Yeah, and, and, and some, I mean, some of the stuff I remember, um, remember Cheney, and I think it was, um, was it, was it for, um, Calipari? And something yes. back in the Temple you must stay it's those, those yeah. crazy matchups and stuff. Classic interview. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a lot yeah. of interesting things that happened. There's a lot of great yeah. things. Yeah. That was, that was like a WWE skit, man. He just, just yeah. read his interview. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's definitely some great moments. So this week, I mean, this week we watched we watched our, our home teams, the Knicks and the Nets, were saying both play well. There's a couple, you know, a couple of rumors out there about players that we could be interested in, or different teams could be interested in or something. One of the things we hear about is we keep hearing about Derrick Rose or Lonzo Ball possibly going to the Knicks. Uh, would you guys make that deal? And if you made that deal, who would you prefer, and what would you be willing to give up for those guys? Uh. I like the idea of having either one of them. I like the idea of Rose because I think he can serve as a mentor to the team. And anytime you bring in Tibbs to your team, then Derrick Rose is always under consideration, it seems like. So I like the idea of Rose for mentorship of like quickly RJ. Uh, I think Rose is kind of at that point in his career where he stepped into that phase. Um, so I like the idea, but at the same time, I like the idea of getting Lonzo in there as almost like a, as potentially a cornerstone uh, franchise point guard because we, we really haven't had one in a long time. So I like the idea of it, but at the same time, quickly is kind of playing well now. Um, but for either one of them, I wouldn't give up 
too much. Um, you, you get Lonzo in there, Lonzo's going to expect to play heavy minutes, and he's also going to expect a, a decent contract. So I think he's restricted free agent this summer. Um, Rose, Rose, I believe, may have one year left after this, or maybe he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. But I don't think Rose is still, he, he's not at that point in his career where he's trying to demand big money or anything like that. But I think he would probably prefer to go to a winner, even though he's, he's kind of been in that mental role the last few seasons in uh, Detroit. But if I'm uh, getting either one of them, I wouldn't give up too much. I would maybe throw in uh, Dennis Smith Jr. in there if I could. Uh, maybe a Kevin Knox. Maybe willing to part with uh, one of those Dallas late first round picks, maybe, potentially to sweeten it. But besides Smith Jr., maybe even a Nilakina, uh, even though I like Nilakina for his defensive potential, doesn't seem like he's gonna uh, be around on the Knicks too much longer. Yeah, I, I wouldn't give up really any rotation players for either one, to be honest with you. But I, I like the idea of bringing in either one, but if I had to bring one in, it would probably be D, uh, D. Rose just because I like the way Quickly's playing. So I don't know if we necessarily need Lonzo if Quickly continues to develop. So I would like to see D. Rose kind of like mentor him. So yeah, that's my pick, D. Rose, for, for relatively cheap if I can get him. Oh, well, the question remains, um... Are they trying to acquire D Rose to be a second scorer? Because you know we got, we, got, we got one main scorer, which is Julius Randle. Even though um, Cookie's playing pretty well, he's kind of inconsistent as far as scoring. So I don't know if Tiz want him want Derrick Rose for his scoring ability right now. If we had Derrick Rose too as well, he might take away shots from quickly and Julius Rose among other, I mean Julius Randle among others as well. Um, I'm mainly towards Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball is a better uh, facilitator. Think he, uh, he's kind of guy has uh, you know good guys in place. He's on the court, the better vision. Um, I think he don't take away shots from others as well. Um, so I will lean towards Lonzo Ball because he's a more pro point guard. But they have to figure out we're gonna do it quickly. You gonna play the point guard or the two guard before you start on making any uh, listen to the team. You know what I would do is that quickly where you want to play. You want to play the two guard? You want to play the point guard? You want to play point guard? Yeah, I want to get neither one of them guys. I mean, but I had a choice, it'll be Lonzo Ball because he's a better facilitator. You know, he won't figure where he's charged from the scorers on the team. For me, I, I, I kind of like Lonzo Ball more because I like the facilitation part, but I, I definitely think he's going to cost a lot more than, say, Derrick Rose. I don't know if you could get, I don't know if you can get, get um, Lonzo Ball without giving him a rotational player. You definitely got to give up that 23rd pick, and maybe they'll take Knox and that pick, maybe to get it done and maybe some second round pick or something but I would keep quickly definitely but you might have to give you might have to throw in there like I don't I don't know if they would want Austin Rivers maybe they want Alfred Payton back who knows you might get Alfred Payton for sure yourself right right but, right we're not changing Austin no don't do that I like the distribution part, but like you said too, Kareem, that's gonna come with a hefty price tag because I wouldn't trade for I wouldn't trade for Lonzo Ball unless I intended to sign him. Because it would make no sense just to trade him and for you know get him for a half a season and let him go. But I do think he'll make some of those shots easier for some of these guys. I, I would tell you this, I think Lonzo Ball would benefit RJ Barrett more than any of those guys. 
because it would get him out. Uh, he'd get him going to slash and catch you getting closer to the basket as opposed to trying to create his own shot. But right now, he's not the greatest at. I do think Derrick Rose is easily a better scorer than Lonzo Ball. But, I mean, as long as Alec Burks is healthy or something. No, don't forget RJ. RJ's playing well. I really yeah, RJ's playing well. Over the last 10 games or so. I like RJ, and I think he's playing well. I like the fact that he works hard. But the one thing I, I, I think he's, I think he's still, he's definitely still developing. He's got to, he's got to, I think he got to go with the ad is work smarter, not harder, because it looks like he worked on something, but he's got to work on his ball handling and being more fluid with the moves. Because you watch guys, and I, I, like if you even compare them to Alec Burks, right? Alec Burks looks a little more fluid when he's making these moves. Even though they're not, like, he's not pounding the ball, ducking his shoulder and stuff like that. It's just, I guess it's either experience or different things or different types of games. I think RJ is one of those guys that probably played in an environment where he's probably been one of the bigger guys or stronger guys he's played with throughout his career. So now it's a little tougher to adjust to, like, an NBA, whereas if you play this, it's almost like the New York thing. In New York, you, you might have a high school team with a sense of six five. Whereas you go to some of these other states, they used to play against six ten guys from high school. So it's an adjustment period. I think he will adjust, but he's got to work work or not. Yeah, I think it it go it comes down to what they how they view quickly. I think as to which guy they get, if they view quickly as the potential starter for the future then you don't necessarily want to bring in Lonzo because then what do you do it quickly? Continue, I guess, maybe to use him in that six-man role or... But if you don't view... Quickly. Uh, I think he, I know he's a combo guard, so he's about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, somewhere around that, I believe. I mean, I think they could, if they really wanted to, they could put him at the two and let Lonzo guard the two on defense and put Krugly on the points. The yeah, point you could guard. do that. Um, and maybe you can slide RJ to the to the three, I think, too. RJ yeah, I think he might be better suited at the three. Uh, plus, a, another factor in all of this is the, the Zach Levine factor, right? Do you chase him? Well, um, if I could get him, I would I'd drop all, all these guys we were talking about. <laughs> he packaged them all up. <laughs> this guy yeah, is 25 years old. I think he's averaging, what, 27 this season so far? I think if you could get if you get a guy like Zach Levine, you might have to give him the 23rd pick and Barrett or something like that. But I mean, to get a, to get a guy um, to get a guy like that, if you put Levine with say Randall, right? And you would say, well, we get rid of your boy Peyton. We won't even let him get in the conversation. <laughs> 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 yeah, you you could have a backcourt of Quigley and Levine. Because Levine gets about four or five assists a game. You can have a backcourt like that that will last you for the next 10 years. Whereas, I mean... Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and what's him? Levine is Levine is an all-star level player, guaranteed. Man, yeah, guaranteed. 27, I think 50% shooting from two, 40% or so from three. Yeah. That's a scoring machine. There's no doubt about that. So I kind of would like to see a pairing of him somehow, him, RJ, quickly. Um, now here's here's a crazier one. Man. Well, you got it. Well, they might do that. If you must be throwing Obi Toppin in the deal because you got to give up something to get something. They're not gonna. They're not gonna give you the yeah. third highest. 
they don't give you the third leading score in the NBA and a guy who was number five or six last year for Alfred Payton in the second round. You're going to have to give something up. So you got to decide whether you're giving up Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, R.J. Barrett, or two number one, two or three number one picks. That's going to be your option because I couldn't see nobody else on the roster they would want. I'm more inclined, to be honest with you, I'm more inclined to probably give them a couple of picks because I, I think the Knicks... They would take they, that. Yeah, I would give them a couple of picks before I included, uh, like, RJ, OB. Just give up the picks because I think the Knicks, uh, them drafting, um, they don't have a tendency to draft the right players. Um, so you, you take that decision out of their hands by just giving them draft picks. The only thing I would be concerned about in that deal is that if you bring Levine in, I don't want to bring in a guy that's a dominant player to fit in. I don't want LeBron, Levine to go from 27 or 28 to 19 so that RJ and J.R. Randall could get points. I want Levine to be Levine and for them to sacrifice. So if you're going to bring Levine in and turn him into a 17 or 18 point score because we want to see RJ Barrett succeed, then I wouldn't even make the deal. Because yeah. the whole purpose of bringing him in is to be who he is, not to not to fit in. Ben, I would agree with that. I want him out there trying to score. Yeah, we don't want him doing what James Harden did the first couple of games with the, the 15, <laughs> 17, and 18. Lose, lose, and lose. <laughs> lose to Cleveland twice. You know, and you don't want that guy. And I heard another crazy rumor. Did you hear that the Nets back is looking at Levine? I'm like, what are the Nets going to do with Levine? Where is he going to play at? Yeah. What do you have to get him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are they going to trade um Joe Harris now to get Levine? <laughs> I mean, what kind of craziness? How many scores they going to have on the roster? We just going to outscore. We going to score 180 a night or something? Yeah, I, I, I think that's crazy. Yeah, uh, I guess that's a segue into uh, as it pertains to the match with the Andre Drummond uh, rumors. I do think. Him, he's more suited, but at the same time, it goes back to Drummond doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands because he, he does a lot of the dirty work. But I don't know if Drummond can still be Drummond outside of the rebound. And can he be Drummond on the offensive end with that next team? I don't think he'll necessarily be a scorer, but I will tell you this he'll, he'll change their team defensively because I didn't realize that Drummond was top 10 in blocks and steals last year. So he'll change a lot defensively in there, and he'll, he'll, he'll fill in a lot of holes that they have as far as rebound and stuff. Plus, too, I, I, think they, I think they can work out the scoring because what it comes down to is who's on the court at the same time. I, I do find this, as opposed to Kyrie, Harden will get you the ball. Kyrie, I don't know what's going, going on with him at times. Kyrie is just out there playing like he's playing in the park. But I think Harden, if you're, if you're open, Harden will at least get you the ball. And the strange thing is Harden sacrifices and KD sacrifices, but Kyrie doesn't sacrifice. So that's that's a problem right there. Now, if I'm Andre Drummond now, uh, do I want to go to the Nets in a contract year? Because ultimately, let's say they win a championship, but he goes over there and from averaging 15 rebounds, 18 points, or whatever it is, now he's averaging seven points. He's still getting his rebounds. Is he gonna get paid? 
from a winning standpoint, it's nice, but Drummond is still in that mode, I'm sure. About. I want to get paid. The guy is young. He's about, what, 25, 26 years old, something like that? So he's, he's looking for a big payday, you know? Which is part of the reason why Detroit got rid of him. Because um, they didn't want to have to pay him. So you send him over to Cleveland. Now Cleveland is thinking the same way. You bring in Jared Allen, um, so they don't have to pay him. I think Drummond will Drummond will do very good with the Nets because he gives them defense, some some kind of inside defense as well. Because with the attention that Harden and Kyrie and KD, uh, I guess, uh, come with, you know, he'll have more open space to get rebounds with offensively or defensively. I see him get a lot of putbacks, and plus with his size and his weight and his strength, I see him win a battle with I guess with anybody in the paint one on one, far as getting rebounds concerned. So I see him get a lot of the putbacks and stuff of that nature though. But uh, you go to the Nets, that'd be a, a good look for them. And um, I like him and any other big man as far as the rebound in a one-on-one situation either side of the court. Yeah, I think it'll help them too if you think about like future matchups. Maybe they match up much better with a team like the Sixers in the playoffs with Drummond as opposed to having DeAndre Jordan for 20 minutes and uh, Reggie Perry or whoever. Yeah, Joel Embiid, I don't think we'll be pushing Drummond around down low in the paint. You know, Drummond is what, 6'11", 280, something like that? Yeah. Big, right. Big dude. Um, as a Knicks fan, I, I, you know, was hoping maybe we could possibly get him. You say, well, why would you need him if you have Mitch? But I don't see Mitch actually developing into that type of player um, that Drummond is. So as a Knicks fan, I wouldn't mind to see Drummond in the Knicks uniform, especially considering Drummond is from Mount Vernon too. So bringing him home. Um, I like that. Drummond and Randall's a good combo. That's a good combo. Randall yeah. and Drummond's a good combo. It yeah, is. I think so. I, I, I mean, you think about you think about it. I think he would he probably would fit in better. Mitch would go to the to the bench, but I think he would fit in much better than than Mitch for what they're trying to do too. I mean, you figure you got Randall, you got Toppin, you got Barrett, and something you got Quigley. So you got some shooters, and, and again, we always talk about like getting more shooters and whether guys shoot well or not. If you got a guy that can clean up the boards, that kind of erases some of that. You know, having to be great shooters too. So that'll that'll definitely help. I think it would be a real good pick. And plus, you could always. Uh... You don't want to quote unquote give up on him because he, he's a good young developing center, but you could always leverage Mitch in a, in a trade for one of these guards. Somebody who could shoot maybe somewhere in Alonzo Ball. You might be able to, you, I tell you what, I think you could probably get Alonzo Ball if you gave him Mitch. I'm pretty much sure you could. So, yeah, I would try to le- leverage him potentially if I'm bringing in Drummond and one of those type of moves for, for one of these guards. I don't know if the Bulls want them per se, because they, they have uh, mark uh, marketing over there. They just drafted the other um, big, right? Yeah. Florida State. Um, so they have some bigs over there. They got the uh, guy right? Yeah. So I don't know if they need another big over there um, and like a potential Levine deal, but uh, the Pelicans, man. Even though they have what Zion and, and uh, this other big man from OKC went over there. Stephen Adams. Yeah, Stephen Adams. They have him clogging the paint, but Mitch kind of fits a little more because he's a rim runner, can play above the rim than like a Stephen Adams. Um, 
Would you, if you were gonna move Mitch, would you consider moving him to a team like Charlotte for like Devonte Adams, uh, Devont, what's his name, Devonte Graham, and maybe Malik Monk, or what's them? Even if you, if they decided to give you somebody like Miles Bridges, I've heard some interesting deals uh, surrounding Julius Randle to to the Hornets, yeah, for, for like Miles Bridges and Graham. Now that you know, I would do that deal. Yeah, I would do that deal. You open it up for Obi, then to me, it really a lot of this depends on where the Knicks are as they approach the trade deadline. If they're where they are now, I think right now they're in the eighth seed. I don't know if I'll do anything uh, drastic per se, but if they start to slip a little, uh, then why not? Why not leverage Randall and whoever else, Mitch? Because obviously you are in a team that's uh, ready to win right now, so to speak. So why not try to get more pieces for the future? Yeah. As the Hornets, I think the Hornets are kind of like in that win. Not they're still young, but I think they're. If you bring in a Randall, right? They got Hayward, Lamelo Ball. They got they got a ton of guys, so they may go into that kind of like win now mode if they were to bring in like a Randall or something like that. So no, it should be interesting. You guys about to have you guys about to have Bridges or Levine? I'd rather have Levine if I could get him. I mean, I mean, yeah. I like Bridges, and I think Bridges will be. I think Bridges is improving, but I, I think Levine is a very underrated player. I think a lot of people don't give him the credit that he deserves. If you look at like, if you look even back back when he's on Minnesota, I bet you right now Minnesota's realizing they made a mistake when they decided to keep Wiggins and get rid of him. And even Wiggins, now that you bring him up, he's playing well, right? Yeah, he'll probably be available soon, soon too. Either him or um, Kelly Oubre. I would take him. I don't want Kelly Oubre either. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Oubre is, is, is Oubre better than Kevin, Kevin Knox right now? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. yeah. How much better? The one thing I like about Oubre, um, and it rubs opponents the wrong way, is the guy plays with a lot of tenacity. Yeah. Right? So he'll catch those bounties, he's staring people down, and I think the Knicks need that type of, you know, those type of guys. Whereas Kevin Knox, Kevin Knox is out there smiling, just happy to beat it. You know, there's no no real tenacity. That's a lot of the Knicks players, no real, real tenacity. So I think that's one thing Oubre would bring. Um, I don't think you would have to give up much to bring him in. I think Knox is probably a better shooter than, than Oubre, especially this Golden State Warriors Oubre. He's he's struggling uh, from the outside. But the guy is tough. Uh, physical player, good defender. Well, let's do a three-way trade with Charlotte, Chicago, and the Knicks, man, so we could get Levine and we could uh, somebody somebody else, you know? Why not? Let's do it. Levine and Bridges, why not? Oh, but I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind Bridges either, because I think Bridges slides right into um, like the small forward spot for the Knicks. Um, so you would, let's say, have quickly RJ with Bridges at small forward. Yeah. Um, like you said, if you're giving up Randall, then now you have Graham in there, right? Devontae Graham is a brilliant player. And then you slide in Obi to to the power forward spot. So it's a lot of interesting ways I think the Knicks can improve. Bro. Well, right now, all we look like a small four right now, all we topping. All them threes he taking. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it's strange because 
I think that's part of the problem is you have Mitch, right, who has no outside game, right? So Mitch is just set a pick and, and roll to the basket. Then you bring in um, Obi with Mitch sometimes, right? And they're both looking to do the same thing. You can't have two guys rolling to the same spot on the court. Yeah. Um, Randall's not a good enough shooter from the outside to open it up for either one of those guys. So you don't really have to respect Randall from outside too much. So that's why I think Obi kind of gets uh, gets caught where he's doing more like picking pops. He's popping out to the three-point line, like you said, shooting threes. Um, Size-wise, he could probably play small forward, but I don't think Obi has the lateral quickness. That's what kills yeah. him. His that was going into the draft, his defense, being able to check smaller guys and stuff. Hey, a couple of minutes ago, we brought up something interesting about Drummond getting traded from Detroit. I want to go back to that Detroit thing because I happen to think even when it happened, I thought that Detroit traded the wrong one of the two between Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. What I mean, where do we think Blake Griffin's at right now? Because I mean, I think he needs a change of scenery, and I think he needs to be downgraded. Because I mean, I think a lot of times when we think of Blake Griffin, we think of the Clippers Blake Griffin. Right now, we should be thinking like Aaron Gordon Blake Griffin. That, that that's where that's probably where he's at right now. He might not be as good as Aaron Gordon. I think. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I'd rather have Aaron Gordon. <laughs> at the very least, you know, Gordon is gonna be on the court. Blake <laughs> Griffin, I think, at this point in his career, he's he's close to done. I think, unfortunately, it's, it has nothing to do with skill. It's more so of his body. You know, um, he's one of those guys where it's been impressive though watching him like transform his game. Because he, he developed more, I would say, playmaking skills since he's been on Detroit. He's extended his game out to the three-point line. Um, so that's been fun to watch. The guy has definitely developed his skill, but he just unfortunately can't stay healthy. I think he falls in, for me, he falls into like the Ke- Kevin Love category. Plus, he's on a pretty big contract, so I don't know how many years he has left. So who trades for him, you know? He needs, like you said, probably could use a change of uh, scenery, but I don't know who who's willing to take on that contract for a guy who can't really stay stay healthy. Yeah, he had the same player as he was before the injuries. Um, he did get better before he got hurt with his jump shot, shooting better jump shots, but it seems like now he's more of a uh, stay in the ground, stay in the floor, I should say, kind of player on both sides of the floor. Move as well, I guess, with all the knee surgeries he had or injuries he had. Um, maybe a team like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, maybe the Miami Heat to use some size, some depth, and some veteranship, you know, get asset for the make a playoff run. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know what else he brings though, because he doesn't really bring too much after that. You know? So, um, like, like, uh, Keanu said, you know, the LA Clipper version, he was great, man, but right now. I don't, I'm not quite sure what, what can you give any team as far as, I guess, uh, a non-competitive team. A team who's trying to go for a chip, why not? Take a chance on them. But something like the Knicks, Atlanta Hawks, something like that, nah. What, if you the Clippers, go for it. Yeah. Miami Heat, go for it. I would say even Dallas Mavericks, go for it. You know? You know what? But, that uh, might other... be a good spot for them. The Dallas Mavericks, that might be a good spot for them, thinking about it. That's, right. that's a good call, because... You watch them, they look like they're missing something. They don't even look as good as they were last year. Yeah, right. which is actually a good sign for us as a, as Knicks fans, right? Because we have their pick this year. 
So I watch almost every Dallas game that I can hope and they lose. But I think the scary part on paper, I like him in Dallas, but in reality, now you take on another guy if you're uh, them who has health concerns, because KP, there's no, you can't deny the guy's ability, his talent, but can he stay healthy? So now you add Blake Griffin to it. You know, you got right. two guys in the front court who you gotta right. be concerned about in terms of health, load management and everything else. So, but on paper, I like him over there. Um, I think he, he wouldn't necessarily have to log heavy minutes. He needs to be on the team where he could kind of like slide into that veteran role and play 20 minutes a game. Uh, and, and be a score and punch, like you said, provide some veteran leadership, that that kind of thing. Dallas will be good, but can he stay healthy? Here's, a, here's another question. If you're the Nets, because I could see not just Drummond, but I could see a guy like if Drummond doesn't go, I could see JaVale McGee probably hitting that hitting that free agent free agent cut spring. There'll be a couple of guys out there. So would you would you bring on a guy like JaVale McGee to compliment DeAndre Jordan? Yeah, I think so, because the last thing they need is uh, the Nets is more scoring. I think JaVale McGee is hes a pretty solid defender. The guy is, has long arms, right? So even if he's not blocking shots, he's altering shots. He's decent rebound. He's athletic. He's not going to put up any gaudy numbers, but you really don't need him to. You stand there in the paint, alter shots, get an occasional block, and make sure you rebound the ball and set decent picks for for their big three. So I, I like a guy like JaVale McGee over there. Yeah, he, he would be a good addition to the Nets. I agree with you on that ring. Um, he's athletic. I'm quite sure he learned a lot with LA when for LeBron, AD, as far as like, you know, team ball and positioning and stuff like that, you know, so he's a veteran too, man. So he's, he's a very capable guy on defense. He's better end of the ball. So him blocking shots, he's a good, uh, Dunker, he fills the lane, tack the lane, you know, so that'd be a good addition to the Nets if we could get him. Yeah. And I, I got a I got a fun a fun last basketball question for you guys as Knicks fans. There's a guy that can shoot the ball great, that's becoming a free agent, improved his game and everything. His name is Tim Hardaway Jr. He'll be a free agent at the end of the season. You guys interested in bringing Tim Hardaway Jr. back for round two? A third stint. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. Um, I liked him all the way, Junior. I liked when we drafted him. I liked that era with him, Shump. Uh, that's when Carmelo was kind of like in his prime over there, stat. But I, 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 I don't think I could sign up for a third stint with Tim Hardaway. Um, and I'm not sure he would be interested in it either, <laughs> given that they kind of gave up on the guy twice. It will be hard for me to see him uh, you know, come back, but I do like him. Uh, I like him, but he appears to be, you know, a hardworking guy. And like you said, he can shoot the ball, so he has a place on the team, skill-wise. I just don't know how it fits, how he fits in terms of a third, third stint on the team. Yeah, he has the ability to be a problem at any given moment. With his jump shot, he could take over a game, take over a quarter at any given moment. Um, with the Knicks, I think the problem was his contract, not really him as a player. 
Não, eu fiquei um cinema meninado, mas é ridículo, assim, cara. Come on, now. We are better ourselves, you know, give us guys 70 plus million dollars to moderate. That was really an issue. So, the Green Wolf is his contract more than him to play himself. But, like Green said, and I don't know, you know, if he want to come back as a third term in New York. Some guys love New York City, man. Some guys love it, you know. Some guys don't care, so. I wouldn't be shocked if he came back. But if he did come back, are you going to start? He's come off the bench. Um, that means that, what, he's playing a two or he's playing a three? He can't play the four, can't play the one. Yeah, so I'm saying, if he come back to the team, who who going to start? Is he going to come off the bench? Yeah, I, I would so. probably use him. Yeah, I would probably use him as a bench, off the bench, scoring punch if I if I brought him back. I think it would be. I think I think it would be tough to do that unless you paid him. Because I I got a funny feeling that he's gonna get a decent piece of piece of change out there on the free agent market. Because like Theo said, with that ability to shoot, they paying people a premium. Like some of these guys, like I mean, I I don't want to bring bring up the contracts. He's not taking a Kyle Kuzma deal. You definitely not the Kuzma deal. Nah, that's but like the, that's like the litmus of bad deals for for young guys right now. Kyle Kuzma deal. Do you see uh, him getting paid more or the same as like a Duncan Robinson? Because Robinson, I believe, was a free agent this this summer too. He he's a you know premier shooter. So do I you see? A, I see those guys. Believe it or not, I, I can see them making. 15, they they looking at, think about it, Joe Harris just got what, five years for 85 or something like that? Or yeah. So they're going to be looking for between 15 and 17, I can tell you that. 14 to 17, somewhere between that per year. The more years, the less annually. So if you if you sign Tim Hardaway to four years, it's going to be for at least 60. It's going to be somewhere between 60 and 80. That's what so. And that's the scary part is after the first year or two, you're going to be looking to trade him again. You know, it'll, it'll be his third time leaving again. It's like Theo said, it, it hasn't been him as the player. As a player, it's been the contract. That's not a horrible contract, but, you know, who else is looking to sign Tim Hardaway, let's say, to a 60 to $80 million deal? Only maybe Dallas, maybe. They'll look to bring him back because what pieces do they have? They don't have too many other options. They, they almost have to, because he's one of the only people that's healthy every game or something. So they almost have to bring him back. But if you're the Knicks, do you have interest in Duncan Robinson on the flip side? I, I think you do, but I, I think, again, that's another guy. Is he going to, if you're not going to start Tim Hardaway, you're going to start Duncan Robinson? Because Tim Hardaway could at least play some defense and go to the basket a little bit. Duncan Robinson, he can't even put the ball on the floor. And you're going to have to set screens to free him up so somebody else going to have to get him open. What, what he does do, both of them, I think, but Robinson, all for whatever reason, all those screens and everything else seems to throw off teams' defense. Like when oh, you see yeah. that running around all those screens and stuff like that, you have to pay attention to them. So... Tim Hardaway, you could kind of like key in on him if he's at the top trying to pound the ball to get his shot off. But when you see a guy running around a million screens, he kind of like draws attention. That's when guys like, let's say Mitch, Obi, that's when it opens it up for those guys, right? Now you got that space to, to run to the rim. So if we can't get a Levine or, or Miles Bridges or something like that in one of these trades, then 
I'm leaning towards why not throw a decent contract at, uh, at Robinson to be their starting small fall. Not a, not a, I mean, not a bad mm-hmm. deal. You got to kind of the problem with the Knicks is that it's, it's, it's not really a problem. It's just you got to decide who you're going to keep and who, who you're going to build and who you're going to let go. Because if you bring in Duncan Robinson, you pretty much have to give it to Julius Randle. Because it's either that or Toppin. Because Duncan Robinson's what? As a matter of fact, Duncan Robinson might be the same age as Toppin. Because Toppin was four years, right? Or yeah. maybe a year older. Toppin is, I think, 22. Yeah, so you figure you got two guys that's playing the same position or should be around the same age. And you got Julius Randle, who, I mean, to his credit, could play a power forward or something. But, I mean, if you want him to play there. So if you put Julius Randle out there, I mean, I think I think in that scenario, Toppin will be the odd man out. I think they just have to, like we were saying before, they just have to figure out which direction they want to go in. Are you in win-now mode? Are you in... Um, build around the, the younger pieces. The whole team is mostly young, but Randall is what one of the older guys at 25. Austin Rivers is about 28 or so. So, do you want to go with what you have with those guys, or do you want to just go completely young? I, mean, I, got, I got a better thought on that. So, if if you do decide to bring in a guy like Duncan Robinson, right? Can you make RJ the sixth man? Because Duncan Robinson can technically play the two guard. And let him play the perimeter and shoot and run around screens and set and make RJ come off the bench. RJ, whether he reaches that potential, I don't know. But they kind of, um, they're at least so far, they're banking on this guy to be one of the franchise cornerstones. And he, he has the potential to be. He's only 20 years old. Um, I think he's shown great improvement from year one to two so far. Still has to work on that perimeter game, like you said. Uh, he can get a little more fluent, a little more crafty with the ball in his hands. I think he's tough, um, RJ. So I, I would continue to start RJ and potentially build around him unless you can get like a Levine or something like that. And they just so happen to want RJ in the deal, something like that. But other than that, I would kind of continue to build around RJ if I can. Well, in that case, I would probably just keep the guys I have unless it's a point guard type of deal because those guys, for one thing, it'll be you can't really bring a guy in and have, play him 18 million or 17 million to be to come off the bench. And if you can't give it a Randall and you committed to Randall or you committed to Toppin and these guys, you don't want to, you don't want to, it'll ruin the development of the team to bring somebody in for 17 million and just have them not play or to play, you know, 22 minutes a game at 17 million. I think the guy who, in theory, has to go is, is Randall. Uh, but he's playing too well to just get rid of him. You know, yeah. why, why get rid of him? Um, but he's the guy, I think, who has to go if, if you think OB is going to become what you what you drafted him to become. Um, then you leverage trading Randall for some of these additional pieces, maybe the, the Hornets deal we keep mentioning with Miles and Graham or something like that. But I think Randall is the guy who in theory you eventually get rid of, but do you do it if he continues to play at an all-star level? I think uh, so. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what Duncan Robinson said. I'm not quite sure on him, Duncan Robinson. I'm not really sold on him. He's a great shooter, though, but 
I'd rather keep my team intact than go out to Duncan Robinson. I'm probably sure he's going to want 20 million on him. He's a great yeah. shooter. He's a great shooter. So, with that being said, does he play, does he play defense that good enough to give him 20 million? No. Not really so. So, I mean, I'd, I'd rather just keep Julius Randle try to get uh, Levine before I try to get uh, Mitchell. Duncan Robinson, I should say. I'm sorry. So, and Tiff, uh, Tiff is, a, is, a, is a win now coach, by the way. Yeah. 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 So, guys, let's move on to football. What do we think of the, the Texans' new, co- the highest new coach? I mean, I can just give you one brief thing that I thought was kind of crazy to me. Is don't get me wrong. I mean, I like seeing a guy, a minority, get a shot, and I don't knock all of that, right? He's assistant head coach for several years, and that's great. But to say that he was the the Ravens' passing coordinator. And use that as a leverage to get a job is insane. Because the Ravens had the worst passing offense in the whole NFL. So I definitely would not have hired him based on being the Ravens passing coordinator. So yeah. I mean, it just throws me off like what that is like minorities in competition with himself. I mean, it's nice to see he got hired, but to me, I think the enemy probably was more qualified. But again, I mean, I mean, it's an opportunity for a minority, so it's kind of tough. What do you, what do you guys think of that whole? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I like seeing him hired because he's a minority, so seeing him get a shot is good. But given that he was the, the passing um, coach for the Ravens, uh, it's definitely a red flag there. I think they gave him. I think they gave him credit for the development of uh, Lamar Jackson. And plus, you you, got, you gotta be fair though. You kind of evaluated him from Lamar's term, or Lamar's year so far at, at Baltimore. You know, I guess Lamar's first year or two, he was doing pretty good. He did MVP. So, from um, sources to say, from what I read, he's getting a lot of credit for Lamar's uh, progression as a quarterback. Um, as, as far as him being a, a good hire for Texans, I wouldn't hire him. <laughs> I wouldn't hire him. I would, I would, I would hire whoever um, you know, Deshaun wants. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. Reach out to Deshaun, see where his head is at, and uh, whatever he wants, try, try to obtain it. I mean, I even heard something crazy where the guy, got he got the job and said something like he got the job under the pretenses that Deshaun Watson quarterback I don't know how you know how they could make that assumption or even think to promise him anything like that because there's a good chance that if Deshaun Washington doesn't get traded he might not show up to camp and all types of stuff I mean as far as Deshaun Watson I mean I, I well I gotta tell you guys this man I know you guys know who Todd McShay is right I, I, I've completely lost faith in Todd McShay as of this week the man put an article out and said that he would not trade for Deshaun Watson because he was he wasn't worth the draft picks and he was only slightly better than Sam Donald I don't know what TV statistics planet or anything he was on even comparing was him Deshaun Watson to Sam Donald Deshaun Watson right now has the highest completion percentage NFL quarterback in the history of football. He completed 80% of his passes this year. More than so. Second, the closest was Aaron Rodgers. 
He has, right now, he they said if you look statistically, he would be second in the MVP voting behind Aaron Rodgers, and if his team won, he might have beat Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I didn't get that. They, for one, yeah, he's light years ahead um, of Donald. And plus, their, their games are nothing alike either. Um, Deshaun can throw the ball and he, he can um, get outside the pocket and make plays with his legs. So I don't, yeah, it's a little crazy to compare him to Donald and say that he's slightly better. That was definitely a crazy analysis there. That was an asinine analysis. That's what it was. Point blank and simple. I don't know how you figured that. How, how can you even think that, let alone say that? Mache should be should be embarrassed of himself. Deshaun is a, is a Deshaun is just a better quarterback all around. He can extend plays. Uh, he's he's just as accurate, or even more accurate. Have a stronger arm. You know, so I mean, I don't see where he gets, uh, where he has this guy being better than uh, or slightly better or less than Darnold. Makes more sense to me. Well, we see the Texans, their talent evaluation and thought process is falling apart because now J.J. Watt has basically said he's done in Houston, too. He doesn't want to be there anymore, either. Yeah, I figured once Watson was out, then uh, he would be, too. So no surprise there for me. Um, it only makes sense for him to, to move on. Houston needs to just blow up the whole damn thing, start fresh. Love everything. Get rid of JJ, get rid of Watson, whoever you got, you know, running back, whoever we got left, just blow the whole damn thing up, start fresh. Do what the Cowboys did years ago with Jimmy Johnson, we tried Herschel Walker, all those draft picks. Hopefully, those draft picks, you, uh, you know, you score well on, or you, you hit on the head, so to speak. Those guys are able to play right away, and develop right away. But get rid of both of them, man, and start fresh. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think. I think if you think about as great as Deshaun Watson played with the limited talent he had, they still only won four four football games. So who there's no way that they're gonna be able they don't they don't they gave up their draft capital to Arizona basically in a lopsided deal. They got a second round pick for this arguably arguably the one of the top one or two receivers in the game. So they they really don't know what they're doing over there. And I mean right. a new guy he needs a shot to probably both of them, from the coach and the GM, they need to kind of put their footprint on the team, or, you know, to start and make their own splash. So, I definitely would blow it up. Yeah, I agree. So, we're talking about movement of quarterbacks. Do we think Aaron Rodgers may have played his last days in Green Bay? Or do we think he even wants to move on from Green Bay? Because that could be a possibility, too. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. If I'm Green Bay, I certainly want him back. <laughs> will be the reason to get rid of him or want him gone. Um, I get the whole Green Bay kind of has a history of doing that. They kind of did it to Brett Favre. Now maybe it's his turn, but the guy is just playing at too high of a level to to want to get rid of him. Whether he wants out, I'm not sure, but I can't really see any real reason why he would want out either. Um, unless there's some behind the scenes stuff we don't know about because Green Bay is one of those teams, they're always in a position to win. Um, so where would he go that's going to put him in a, an even better position to win? I'm not sure. Uh, so I think both of them, I, I think they should at least run it back one more year. Yeah, there's something going on behind the scenes, but I don't think it's too serious enough for them to, uh, you know, 
force Aaron Rodgers out or him demand a trade. I think Aaron Rodgers is frustrated for his teams always drafting a quarterback the last few years, you know, still drafting drafting somebody of need of his defense or offense. You know, you can't you can't draft this guy love for the first pick in the draft. And Aaron Rodgers is back back at the end of his uh, his prime, so to speak. So I think Aaron just frustrated because uh, how season went. They had a good year. And I'm quite sure a player here and there they probably could have beat the Buccaneers. Um, but Aaron's just frustrated. He always passes the blame. No, that's what Aaron does. He always passes the blame with somebody. But he's just frustrated and he's trying to, you know, give an indirect threat to the, um, the team to, you know, improve the team before he goes, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Theo, because uh, those draft picks, for sure, I mean, think about it. Besides Devontae Adams, they really haven't given him. I mean, the running back situation is a lot better than what it was. The offensive line, we could tell that that needs work because the way the Bucks were all over him, that that was just insane. He got pressured more than I had seen most protocols get pressured in a long time in that game. And the receivers, they dropped passes and stuff like that. So he could definitely use a, a definite number two receiver, a couple of offensive linemen, and then some more. The secondary seems to be pretty good. Yeah. And they could probably, they could probably use the pass for Scott. Did they even touch Tom Brady? It didn't even seem like to when it counted, he never got touched. Well, I don't remember him getting sacked, you? Maybe once, maybe. That's about it. They could, yeah, use, so. they, 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 they could use a good tight end to stretch the field through the seasons. Yeah. So they, they, need some, they need some players to help them and get around them. I, I could sense his frustration. You draft the quarterback in the first round. I mean, I did, they, they definitely didn't need to draft the quarterback. Right. So. And then some, I guess some of the, high, the higher draft picks they picked, they're doing okay, but not necessarily. I think the year before, did they draft for Sean Gary from Michigan or something? I think the defensive tackle or defensive end. Tackle, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, yeah, I haven't he ever, heard he, Is he on the team still? <laughs> yeah, he's Steve yeah, <laughs> So that, that ought to tell you a lot. And he's, he's, he was a, a first-round pick, so. Mm. That that ought to tell you we haven't heard heard any, so it's a little tough, and I, I can understand that. I mean, this week we also heard Randy Moss. We talk about player movement and different things. We heard Randy Moss say that the players was it's no more of the listen, um, shut up and play. The players are taking more control of their destiny. Do we re, do we really see that happening, or, or do we think that the players will be able to to continue to do this or do this? I mean, I happen to think that eventually, I mean, unfortunately, I think owners will try to put something in a way to try to prevent some of this stuff. What do you, what do you guys think? I think we've kind of already been there, especially to start with the whole LeBron James thing, right? The whole shut up and dribble thing. So we kind of already been here for a little while. Um, I think it's good to see players taking more, um, more away from the owners, so to speak, because for a while it's been... Um, the other way around so I kind of like the movement but like you said obviously the owners don't so I could easily see them trying to put parameters in place to, to at least slow the movement down but I like I like the movement of players basically taking taking control more control I should say yeah I agree um, I mean it started with LeBron did this too you know when LeBron was trying to show people to, you know, control your destiny, he got, he got, uh, you know, harassed and, you know, backlash, so to speak. But, uh, 
it's been overdue for a while for players to control the destiny. Because at the end of the day, right now, we live in an era where a lot of these players are, uh, I guess, judged on rings, so to speak. So I think a lot of it has to do with guys controlling the destiny. So if you're an athlete and you're saying, well, you know, Kareem or Kenyatta, you ain't good because you ain't no chip. After a while, it gets to your head. Especially when you're playing in an era where it's about rings and chips. So you score three points a game and throw 50 touchdowns to be the best in the league. If you ain't no chip, they're going to criticize you and say you ain't the best. So if that got part two as far as the guys want to control the destiny. You're tired of hearing that they can't be the best, not one of the best, because they don't have a chip. But um, other than that, it's been overdue. It's got to see. I mean, I think just by what you're saying, which, which is definitely true, but, you know, winning seem to take a premium. So if the owners do want to do something, they should take some of that into account because these guys wouldn't want to move if the situation they were in was a good situation. Nobody's trying to move from a winning situation or whatever. And most of them, I can't say they're not getting paid, but anytime you get guys getting paid maximum money that still don't want to be where they're at, you know that you know it's about something else. You know, right. we just talk about Sean Watson, he's getting a mega deal. Aaron Rodgers, mega deal. And these are guys that were saying the top players in the league that uh, Watson already said he doesn't want to be there, and Aaron Rodgers is on the fence. So that's that's a that should be an indictment on ownership, as far as you know, as far as how they go about um, handling the team. This week, I mean, we uh, this week we fortunately we had a crazy incident with um with Chad Wheeler. I mean, I know you guys seen that on the news and seeing what happened and everything. I mean, I just think that that was complete. I'm glad to see Seattle reacted so quickly because that's just completely unacceptable the way where he, he beat up. I think it was his fiance or wife. That that was kind of insane. I mean, you guys get a chance to see that that footage in the way it was. That whole thing. I don't yeah, know. I would agree, and I, I'm glad, like you said, they reacted. Uh, the organization right away. There's just no place for that um, in general. So um, hopefully the guy uh, gets what's coming to him, I should say. Um, but yeah, definitely no place for that um, at all. Yeah, definitely unfortunate. Um, the problem I have with that is that it happened a few days ago before it got let out. And you have a lot of the black, I would say, black uh, commentators on these shows going to speak up on it. It probably went a little more further before it got exposed. It's been like about two or three days before, you know, info came out. But look at, look at uh, you know, Ray Rice. Look at Ezekiel Elliott. You know, yeah. the, the, I mean, the info about well, those guys came out immediately. Not two or three days later. You know, so yeah. it tells you that, you know, we still have a long way to go as far as, you know, being treated, you know, the same way, whether it's in the media or any other outlet, so to speak. But the situation is very unfortunate, man. I'm, I'm sorry it happened, but um, hopefully he gets some help. You guys see Seattle made a swift move, like you said, and, and you know, got rid of him and cut him. Right now, he needs some help, he needs some kind of evaluation, man, because when, what he did, selling his face is, uh, it's tough to see. Yeah. And I, and I think you're right. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. That it, it didn't it didn't hit the mainstream news that quick and it wasn't like it wasn't put out there right away. 
it did kind of do and even even the story itself like ray rice and these guys you've seen it plastered all over sports center this we didn't see plastered all over sports center so you're right. absolutely right this was kind of like you know as a matter of fact if you look on espn site i mean it wasn't plastered on there either. It's like a blurb or something. You really have to be in touch or really read the sports to have seen it. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Heck, so as I said, my New York fans and Yankee fans, we had no more Tanaka. Tanaka's headed back to Japan. I mean, I personally think that, you know, with the new additions of Kluber, and bringing another pitcher, and the, the guy from Pittsburgh, I, I thought it was time for some fresh blood. I mean, Jay Hop is gone, thankfully. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was time for some fresh blood to give a couple another couple of other guys a shot. What do you? Would you guys have wanted to bring Tanaka back, or are you fine with him gone? I'm fine with him gone. Like you said, it's um, good to get some fresh blood in there, give some other guys opportunities. So. I was fine to see him see him go back. Yeah, he gave us seven good years. I'm not mad at him. I, I wouldn't mind him staying or going, honestly. Um, what it was, I guess his demand, Sally Wise, was kind of steep for his point of his career and for Yankees liking, so to speak. This is why he, he waited so late now to decide to go back to um, Japan to play, uh, play baseball. And uh, once, uh, I guess, um, because it's tied to a good a good uh, price, the Yankees liking. Then you see, you know, the Cooper deal, you know, and the deal for Pittsburgh, Pitcher Taylor, I think, I think his name is, for yeah. Pittsburgh. Then you see the deal with him came along. And now, right now, three, four days later, he comes to uh, Flacco saying he's going back home. So, it's like, look at the chain of command. You can see how it was happening, you know, so to speak. But um, if, if this if price demand was, was reasonable, he would be a Yankee. And that's a real issue. So I got another question around us. So I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at Cole, Severino, Tylon, Kluber, and then there's Montgomery, and then there's Domingo Herman. Do we think we see Domingo Herman suit up in a Yankee uniform this year? Talent-wise, he probably should, but it's another guy, domestic violence, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, so that may have soured a bit of his uh, opportunities. So that's a good question. I'm not sure. Talent-wise, he, he has the talent to be out there, but whether he should be, um, I guess, amazing to see. I keep seeing him out there on certain, certain outlets as far as being in the rotation, but I don't believe, I think this part is just an article being put out there. I don't see if he's uh, bringing him back. Um, yeah, also, you got another young kid they put out there last year, Garcia, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Right, right, right. He, like, he got some stuff, so. And I'm and I'm all, I'm all for, you know, throwing one young kid out there, man. Just throw him in the fire. At least one kid, throw him in the fire for a whole full season. Whether it be Garcia or any other kid he got coming up. You know, choose one kid from the farm, throw him in the fire, let him go five and eight, wherever he's going to go to. And, 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 Lick his rooms and, and develop him like that, man. Because we just start getting younger too, as far as uh, our pitching concerned. Yeah. So you got you got what's him, um, you got the Mets still in this um, Trevor Bauer race with the Jays. Do you think the Mets can bring in Trevor Bauer? They traded away Stephen Matz. It looks like to clear up some salary cap room to do it. 
Do you think the Mets realistically can bring Trevor Bauer on? Uh, yeah, I think they I think they have a shot. Like you said, they they made some moves to clear up some space, some money. So I think they have a shot. Um, plus, so far the new owner, right, ownership certainly doesn't mind spending money. It seems like so. I think they have have a, a decent shot. Well, that'll be a that'll be a great addition for the Mets to get Trevor Bauer. I'm quite sure the Mets don't want, don't want to be in a position to lose two players to the Blue Jays in one week or a few weeks. You know, so that that, that being said, um, that's the Mets, man. You got a new owner. He spends money like George Steinbrenner supposedly. Go get him. You, you're making moves to open up more money, I guess, to get Trevor Bauer. Go for it. You get Bauer. They got maybe arguably the best uh, rotation in baseball. Yeah. American League or National League. Mets got, Mets got pieces in place. They use a big batter in the middle of the lineup, though, but we have headers too as well. But they don't want, they want to win the chip with, with, with pitching. You get Bauer, they could do it. I will say this like you said, Theo, that would be pretty funny to lose Springer and then lose Bauer to the Blue Jays <laughs> and have traded them Steven Matz, too. That would be funny. Yeah. Definitely not a good luck. <laughs> right. Hey, I'm also hearing about this rumor about Nolan Arado getting traded to the um, Cincinnati Reds, possibly. No, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Dundale. Car- to the Cardinals. Yes, Dundale. Dundale? Yes, sir. Wow. So, I guess the Cardinals, I are, Cardinals are throwing that hat in it, too. So, it should be interesting when we look at, it. I think, pitches and catches in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes that yeah. Yeah, back at it. So it looks like with him, you know, moving on to the boxing world, that Canelo Ivers has agreed to fight Billy Joe Sanders. That's a good fight. Does that that does that look like a does that the fight you expected to see Canelo have? Let's answer that question. Yeah, Ring, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say at this point, Canelo is probably. Uh, Probably the, the best box, I would say, pound for pound around. Um, so I'm not sure, um, like, what else he has to prove. So at this point, just him fighting anybody, I think, is a is a big, big fight. Um, so uh, I'm just happy to see him get back in the ring, to be honest with you, uh, Canelo. Um, so I, I don't think I personally had any preference as to who he fights next, anything like that. Um, I think the guy's a great fighter. I just want to see him fight. Uh, this is this is a good fight for uh, boxing fans who follow boxing like I do, so to speak. Um, Bill Sultan is a very good fighter. He's a well-known fighter. He's a legit middleweight, top 10 middleweight in that division, or even top five, either junior middleweight or four middleweight. Um, he's one of the fights where he, he could definitely um, have the skills and ability to uh, to challenge Canelo. Um, he got some power too. I feel like Canelo to win this fight, going in and win this fight. But definitely from a, a name standpoint, definitely should be a tough fight or a good fight for Canelo. But I see him pulling it out though for uh, Canelo Alvarez. But name wise, Billy Joe is, is, is a good boxer, very good boxer. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't think it. I, I don't think I think some people hear the names and they probably think it'll be a, a cakewalk, but it won't be a cake. It won't be a cakewalk. 
he'll, right. have, he'll have to get in there and fight. The guy's gonna get his pound of flesh, so it'll be it'll be a good match. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go to distance. Right, right. Well, Canelo has a tune-up coming right here. The tune-up next month, right? Canelo has a tune-up fight next month, and you're gonna fight uh Billy Joe. So yeah. So I can definitely see see that as being being with him being a, a good fight. Listen, do do we think we have any other good fights coming on the horizon for 2021? Because it seems like the guys that we want to see fight each other, <laughs> they either I don't know, if, and you know, in the in in the behind the scenes they want to fight each other, but they're just not voicing it. And if they are voicing it, they're just you know throwing it out of sound bob. I don't hear about any negotiations between any of these top guys trying to fight each other. The main one I want to see probably is Crawford and Spence. That's the one I'm, I'm waiting for. I don't know if it's going to happen um, this year or, or ever. But I would love to see Crawford and Spence uh, fight. Well, we do got Joshua against Fury fighting coming up this year. So that will be good for boxer fans. Yeah. Crawford and Spence is never going to happen. It's <laughs> not going to happen because... It's not going to happen because... I'm, I'm assuming this from what I read and follow outlets. I think Spence is, look, is looking for a, a money back. Okay, that's what he's doing. And I think I think um, he rather fight Pacquiao for, for for money back or Canelo before he fights Crawford for money back. So from a money standpoint, I can't blame him. From a yeah. fan standpoint, of course, we'll see Crawford fight him. That'd be a great fight. Um, but I think his bitch right now is about getting that bag. And that bag has Canelo's name on it. Man's name on it, yeah. That, 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 that's his mindset, so to speak. I should say. So, in a Crawford Spence fight, who's the draw? So, because a lot of times what boxers get hung up on is that split the split of the revenue and stuff like that. I mean, usually you can work out what the actual money's gonna be, but it's usually the split where they get to who's the draw in that fight, Crawford or Spence? I would say probably Spence is the bigger draw. Um, which is where some of their alleged uh, disagreement comes from, right? But I would say Spence is the bigger draw, in my opinion, than Crawford. Yeah, I, I will lean towards Spence. I think he has uh, the better uh, resume of opponents, so to speak. Um, but that being said, if guys are really part of the sport, it, it could go either way. You know, I would say 50-50, but I would I would mind seeing 60-40 for uh for Spence. I think Crawford would go for that if he's offered that, but well, he might be offered he'd be offered 70, 30, no. 20. Yeah. So that doesn't sound like somebody wants to right. So that's like somebody would. wants to fight Crawford. I think he would but, take uh, a 60-40. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. He would, but not 70-30. You know 70 30 for Crawford, you don't wanna fight you don't wanna fight Crawford. Yeah, it's an insult at that point. 70 to exactly 70-30 yet? You fight 70-30 if I'm getting higher higher money and no belts involved. Mm-hmm. So nothing right. gets line. So I don't lose anything. I don't mm-hmm. think Spence would take that fight, would he? But now they're saying um, Spence's going to fight you guys. You know you guys? The guy who fought Sean Porter maybe two years ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think... Um, I read somewhere recently that I think that might be in the works real soon. So if Spence do fight next, it will be against you guys. Not Porter or, or, or not a Porter rematch or not Crawford. It will be you guys. Watch. I don't think that'll be an easy fight either, though. 
No, it won't. It won't. Spence pulled it out though, but it won't be an easy fight. So when we listen, when we look at the, the week of sports or something, uh, NCAA is still up and down. Just and just alone looking at today at these teams, you got number all types of eight losing to nineteen and unranked teams beating the ranked teams. I mean, I think some of that has to do with COVID, or, and I think some of them has to do with the competitive balance of players moving around the country. What you guys think of that? Yeah, I think it's, it's nice to see that balance. Uh, you, we're used to seeing the Dukes, Kentuckys, uh, North Carolinas, even though North Carolina's been down the last few years. But we're used to seeing these powerhouse teams dominate. So like you said, to see this talent spread out a little bit to these mid-majors um, and games just be more competitive, it's, I think it's a good thing for um, college basketball. Yeah, I love I love college ball. I love the parity of college ball right now, and it's get it's getting uh, it's getting more evenly killed, so to speak. No matter, of course, the board, no matter which school you go to, when you go to Navy or wherever you go to, wherever Marist doesn't matter. So much talent, of course, the, of course, the board. You just you got to find the talent, you know. So, uh, but the parity is great for college college basketball. But the three best team right now clearly is definitely Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova. Then yeah. the rest of the field. Yeah. yeah. What do, you do? what do you guys think about that college basketball bubble? They talk about having three mini bubbles in Indiana to do the um, tournament. I think it's a good idea, um, given uh, the times we're in. Um, the bubble format seems to be like your safest bet. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah. You're not trying to lose no money, man. That's a good idea. Indiana is a state that has... <laughs> Yeah, the facilities and, and arenas to, to, to get it done, so to speak. So I'm, I'm glad they, they set up a bubble in Indiana. Indiana is more of a, a high school, college environment where it comes to sports anyway. Should that be nice? So hopefully they get it done. Okay. So guys, listen, as we wrap this up again this week, it's great talking to you guys. Any final words, Kareem? Looking forward to Super Bowl. Um, that should be exciting. Um, outside of that, it's just been another, like you said, exciting week in sports. Great talking with you guys. So looking forward to the next show and Super Bowl. Yeah, listen, you know, my picks throughout the last few weeks has been, has been bad. You guys have been on point. So I'm not picking no winner, but you guys know who I want to win. So I'm trying something different. Head to us next week's show, you know. So I'm not gonna say nothing. <laughs> you guys should know who I want to win. But hopefully, I, hopefully, who I want to win wins next week. So I'm gonna try that. Yeah. Yeah, I just got one last thing. I was I was checking something out. An interesting fact came up. The Spurs beat the Lakers, the Clippers. They beat Boston, and they beat Philadelphia so far. Listen, my, I think Popovich is bringing it back with with him with a no name squad, but he's bringing it back. Yeah, but again, great coach, guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys, man. I always enjoy talking to you guys, and another great show. I look forward to talking to you guys again next week.